Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You hear that? Oh, tonight we got them. Goldie, the Sulk, and JC. And it starts right now. Oh, welcome back to another episode of a typical disgusting display, a podcast for writers by writers who hate writing. Hey, this is 101, podcasting 101. Here we are in our 101st. I loved last week. Mila was great. It was so nice of her to be our special guest on the 100th. And Goldie, I'm still laughing and I've had a couple of inquiries just from friends of mine. When are the bitch... They exploded T-shirts coming out. <laughs> like, people want that. <laughs> that was I so, want it. I know that was so great. It I wonder... actually is is a better line of pants than a T-shirt. <laughs> First joke of the day. First joke of the day. And just down like one leg says, "Bitch, they exploded." <laughs> yes, that's great. But you know, I was thinking like. Wouldn't the front, <laughs> yeah, bitch, they exploded down the leg. Uh, um, would it, would the front of a T-shirt be the intact submersible with the quote "They died at peace," and then on the back, it's like a picture of you, and then the line "Bitch, they exploded." I mean, or do we That's just a great go all question. out? I mean, I'm sort of picturing like a, a a giant panicked eye in the window of the submersible, <laughs> the Titanic in the foreground. And then, I mean, I, I can be on the T-shirt, but that's not a deal breaker. Like I realize for a lot of people, they might not want me on the shirt. Yeah, but, but a lot, a lot I think more might. The headline <laughs> is, bitch, they exploded. It, it doesn't yeah. need to come from me. <laughs> but I mean, we, you know, it just, I don't know. I feel bad, but come on. <laughs> that's like at funny. a certain point, we have to be honest with ourselves about what's yes. going on. Yes. Like yeah. someone has to stand up and say, this is the truth. What are we yes. doing here? Yes. I know. And you did that very effectively. <laughs> and now, Goldie, I notice uh, this week you're not in your uh, familiar setting. Where Where yeah. are you uh, coming in from? So I'm I'm podcasting at altitude. So I'm either <laughs> if, if, I, if I can't get my breath 
or I pass out. I'm in Denver, <laughs> Colorado. But oh. the good news is next week I'll have incredible stamina for a five-hour episode. Oh, yeah. Right. Yes. Oh, that, and that's a, that's a good reminder good because segue. next week we have a, another fantastic guest. We're very excited to talk yes. to Barstool KFC today. That's going to be great. But next week we have Mr. Nick Kroll. Nick Kroll, who just seems like he is perpetually at a bar mitzvah and the funniest guy there. (laughs) Um, We love him. Obviously, he's the star and one of the creators of Big Mouth, and he's been in, you know, movies, TV forever. So he was nice enough to agree to come in next week. And then a couple weeks down the road, uh, we don't know exactly when yet, we're going to do an email bag dump. So we've been getting uh, so many of your great emails and we want to answer them, but we're going to take a whole episode uh, yes. to do it. And as a reminder, our email address is uh, a typical disgusting display at gmail.com. So if you want to get any last minute emails in under the wire, send them in. Um, yes. But so Goldie, when did you when did you get there in Denver? Well, got here yesterday. Let, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Uh, when you fly somewhere, what do you think is a good time to fly out? Oh, I always love as close to noon. Yeah, noon I'd say is noon the, too. Is the magic hour for me. The sweet spot. Yeah, JC. What if your uh, spouse presented you with the the good news that I got tickets to Denver? <laughs> We're flying out at seven a.m. Oh, oh God, uh, no. crushing the kids. Oh, so, right. That's a fact. So your day, your day begins when? <laughs> well, at five. Oh, oh, that's late. I thought yeah. five, I thought there was yeah. maybe even going to be a three in front. Me of us, too. Right? Me too. No, but you know, you 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 hope you get to the point in life where you you make a little money and you say, oh, and then I can go on these adventures. I can travel a little bit, <laughs> you know. And I'm I'm fifty, but so I if if you <laughs> ask me to get on a seven a.m. flight, I become so incredibly dysregulated. <laughs> yes. That, yes. Like I want to go on adventures. I want to be an adventurous dude. I just want to do it on my time yes. right and like i don't so because what ends up happening is is you know the first thing is you go i have to have this coffee a specific way because it's i'm addicted to it and then i gotta get like the body <laughs> needs yes. to do certain yes. things and i i hate for this to be a podcast just about bowels so i'm, I'm gonna skirt it but you all know what i'm talking <laughs> yes. about where no, you go i want to i want to get in with specifics i, I, know <laughs> I exactly so what you you're just go about. like I either have to like jam a coffee in, at five and try to bitch they exploded at home, or or like because the, the nightmare is like I'm gonna have to bitch they exploded during the plane takeoff, yeah. and then with like every flight is delayed now, everyone sits on the runway. Like there's no way to know when you're supposed to bitch they explode. So the, the safe thing is to do it at home, but I elected to do the opposite. I said I'm not. I'm gonna forego the coffee. Yeah. Whoa. Ooh. And but, so then I, I, you know, I, I just like all day. It's like when I used to work on motorcycles and they had a carburetor and. The way those worked is there's the air fuel mixture, but when you go to altitude, the air is thinner. Anyway, the body is an air fuel mixture and the body was sputtering like an out of control carburetor all day yesterday. And then of course, you know, we're at my wife's cousin's house. They have a beautiful home. They're awesome people. They've been so welcoming. And the last thing you want to do in someone's house is, is, is you go in and you go like, I, I almost can't be a guest anymore because I have so many specific needs and you go, right. if they're not met, and, and I feel like such a little fucking turd asking for them, but you go like, yeah. you know, is it possible to have some oat milk 
Uh, and then I need, you know, the, the coffee at a certain time, a certain way. But then you go, or the, the alternative is you go, I go out and I just go get my coffee, which is insulting to them. Because you're just yeah. going like, I'm going to leave your house and do all my stuff because well, the way you do it is good enough. But you're sitting here and you're going like, I'm, I'm, I might as well be on the moon. That like, I'm, I'm so dysregulated. And like, I, like, I don't know what my body's going to do next. I have a headache. I feel weird. And yeah. you go like, I, I just need my egg. <laughs> it's like it so just but if i flew out at noon yes then i would have done everything at yes. home oh it's and the, that would be fine the they should not it. have a flight at 7 a.m no one i mean who wants to do that people do it's astounding my my wife is the same way she, if it were up to her she would book the earliest flight possible because then you have the most amount of time at your destination to have like an extra afternoon but, but is she course, a spirit or does she have a body no, right. <laughs> she's she's I mean her her body is such a well-regulated militia. It's crazy. Wow. And and Must be nice. mine and Goldie it sounds like yours the same deal. And for and now I'm curious because I'm starting to feel stopped up even talking about it. Did you <laughs> did you have a chance to bitch they explode oh that you day or did you miss was, the whole day? No, oh God, I was just about. bitch they releasing pressure all day so they don't explode. <laughs> But uh, one of Steph's cousins said, and I don't know if this is an original saying or something that goes around. He said last night at dinner, uh, every marriage has one person with a bad stomach and one person who can't hear. And it's like, (laughs) that just is so true because it's... And then my wife, it's like, I'm going like, hey... Could the flight be a little later? Could we do? And it's you know I none of it goes through. Deaf ears. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's That's... like that that Hemingway book where uh, I forget which one, but I remember the guy had been away at war, and then uh, at home they get this pile of letters. So they realize, like, I think the woman realized, like, she'd just been cheating on him because she thought he never wrote a farewell right. to arms. Is that the, one? I think it's a farewell to arms. Yeah. And she thought he never wrote. And then she received this pile of letters and realized, Oh, Oh damn it. I've been cheating I've on been him. Cheating. And he was writing me. Both. I feel like my wife, there's going to be this backlog of messages from me. that one day is just going to shoot out into her brain. that stopped in her ears. But you know, meanwhile, we're headed further up in the mountains today. We're going to be in Vale, And it's like, God knows what's going to happen to me. Up there, I know. <laughs> well, no, Denver. Denver is a good, uh, you know, acclimation chamber for this. Oh, good. That's a good. Are point. you Are you hiking? Yes. Oh, of course. Lots of water. And no, we ha- we are doing. We're going up. Um, I talked about on the podcast when when my mother in law passed away, but her one of her last wishes was to have some ashes spread at this lake. That's oh, a hike yes. up. It's this huge hike up in the Vale, and so of course <laughs> we're. At uh, this nice lake in Denver yesterday, and I was like, "She also liked this lake." <laughs> oh my god! I'm gonna recommend. I'm gonna ask my loved ones to uh, to request only sea level ash spreading. <laughs> like that's gonna be. And, and I, I think you can I told just you do mine anywhere. I, mean, I know. Like, come on, man. Like, come just on, do mine on the know. ten or the four hundred five. Yeah, <laughs> out the window <laughs> on the way home. Out the window on the way home. It's That's where fine. Goldie would have enjoyed it most. But don't do it at seven a.m. <laughs> never. I would. I would never ask you to do that. And and I'm glad you're not asking me. It's funny, my dad, uh, who listens to this podcast. Hello, dad. Hello. He um, for years has been saying that he wants to be cremated, and he. 
always says he wants me to spread his ashes someplace where we had fun together. So my joke to him in that moment is always like, crematorium it is <laughs> just oh, had a God. lot of fun with you dad oh god oh, the memories god. i'm kidding dad i will we'll probably go to uh hershey pennsylvania um, we saw a hilarious like local weird local hershey park talent show when we were there and it was just like even at even though i was only like 12 or 13 i was so aware that i was watching real spinal tap so I'll probably try and take him back to Hershey. What are these gray flecks in my chocolate? <laughs> it's dead dad, the Hershey bar dead dad edition. Well, people think they're solving a problem for you by being cremated because they're like, you know, and you just have to take my, but the, the ashes become, you know, they've been sitting in our house yeah. for yeah. over a year. It's like a depressing I reminder know. every time you walk by him and then, you go when we scatter. It's like the ashes are way more than you think. Oh, you know, that's like weird. it's not like a it's not like a cigarette. It's an ashtray. Right, it's like, right. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. this huge box. And you go, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna go to this beautiful vista and then just like dump this huge box yeah. of ash. Yeah, as long as that was no a, big breeze to blow. Yeah, back well, that was face. a great moment in uh, Big Lebowski when <laughs> yes. they, yeah. they dump uh, Steve Buscemi's ashes in, on the coast and they just instantly swirl <laughs> into Lebowski's beard. Great. Um, oh boy. Well, hopefully we don't have to think about that stuff for a while. But it's nice that you're doing it. Nice that you're doing it today. And I and did you? Uh, I hate to to just tie a bow on this, but did you explode this morning? Are you ready to hike? <laughs> I seem more myself this morning but i will confess to sneaking out and getting a starbucks under the guise of doing other stuff <laughs> I gotta run some like of like i'm just gonna go take a walk like okay uh, like i'm gonna walk to this starbucks oh, i've heard here. i've heard you spend a lot of time under the guise hey everyone <laughs> hey <everyone. laughs> delve into the shadows of the mind with sleeping dogs a gripping murder mystery starring academy award winner russell crowe now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. <laughs> That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Um, all right. Well, what else? We don't we don't have anything else to cover. Let's get into uh, terrible Johnny jokes. Whoa! From Colorado, he would. Here's Johnny. Hey, oh, all right. High altitude. <laughs> Ed is feeling a little woozy. Uh, all right. Let's kick it off here. Let's literally kick it off. Wow. Former soccer star David Beckham recently revealed that his wife, Victoria Beckham, has had the same dinner for the last 25 years. Wow. Uh, the meal includes salmon, salad, 
And for dessert, a delicious index finger. Oh. <laughs> she likes Barfy to treat spice. <laughs> Barfy <laughs> spice. Oh, it's great. Okay. Uh, here's an interesting little story. Uh, the head of a tech company says that his team is producing AI glasses that can help the wearer determine if someone is lying to them. Wow. Uh, though it should be noted that none were handed out at the press conference. Oh, <laughs> nice. Doesn't believe in his own product. Uh, you were saying my wife already has those. <laughs> right. They're called eyes. <laughs> uh, well, now here's a crazy story. Scientists, some of my favorite scientists. Oh, here have we deter- go. I'm <laughs> determined. <a> joke. <laughs> that the universe moved in slow motion when it was forming about a billion years ago. Yeah. Uh, While today's world has sped up, you can still see traces of the slow motion universe at the DMV. (laughs) (laughs) New and interesting target. Very good, Johnny. Yes, exactly. The DMV. Uh, And finally... Subway. Oh, oh, can I add a tag? I'm sorry. They say a lot of it's online now. Hasn't it always been online? (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Great. Uh, All right. And finally, Subway announced that they will begin freshly slicing their cold cuts for every sandwich made. Uh, While this new step adds an element of danger, it will allow Victoria Beckham to order her favorite index (laughs) finger on wheat. Nice. Sign that with a bow. All right. A little callback. A Uh, a callback. Okay. Here we go. Well, the new Indiana Jones movie is out. And I'm not saying Harrison Ford is old, but in the movie, he does all his own stents. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a winner. Oh, my God. That is such a winner. God, and you love making jokes about him being old and you just nailed another. (laughs) Great. All right. Well, Twitter is limiting the amount of tweets a user can read per day to 600. And the company is now being sued for discriminating against people with severe diarrhea. (laughs) It's a theme. Uh, Joe Biden. Joe Biden has been wearing a sleep apnea mask. Uh, the president says he needs it to fall asleep. However, he has no problem falling awake. <laughs> oh, wow. Whoa, oh, that was I know. These are these good. Are great day. Okay. Uh, George Tickner. Have you heard of him? George Tickner. No. The founding guitarist for the band Journey oh. has died. Oh, do you want to? He gone! <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Founding guitarist for the band Journey has died. Reach for a comment. Singer Steve Perry said, Don't stop breathing. Oh, my God. Oh, you could have ended on any of these. I know. I'm going to end on a norm. All right. right. I got a norm to end it up. (laughs) A wheelchair-bound nun claims she was kicked out of a Texas church for sexting with a priest. The church denied her allegations, saying, come on, no priest is straight. (laughs) 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 All right. Wow, those are some of those are for wow. your Hall of Fame induction yeah. ceremony well, today. You had a few it. to choose from. A Great. dumper crop. A dumper so crop. 
That's the theme. Okay. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Oh, well, we are incredibly lucky and excited today because we have a huge guest, big get for this podcast. (laughs) Um, If you have been living in this country for the last... 15 or 20 years, you are surely aware of Barstool Sports. Uh, They've grown from literally a daily flyer into a huge publicly traded company. And this guy we have today, KFC, is I've been telling him for years that that crew reminded me of the Avengers, and this is Captain America. Uh, because <laughs> nice. you got Portnoy's the uh, kind of uh, cocky dickhead billionaire Iron Man, and you're just like... <laughs> Truth and justice. I hear it Man. emanating out of you. So I, I don't know if uh, if any of that stuff is true, but it's without a doubt the nicest stuff that's ever been said about me. So, uh, you know, in, in my line of work on the Internet, it's not usually a lot of compliments. It's a lot of uh, a lot of shit that we got to go through. So being called Captain America. Yes. <laughs> At feel, the very top of the list. So feel free you. to use that whenever you uh, want. Yeah, got a, a, you can quote <laughs> no, no, me on that. You you feel free to use that. Tell that <laughs> yeah. to everybody you meet all the time. This guy's I'm doing America. it. I'm he doing does. it here to literally dozens of listeners right now. So <laughs> yes, he speaks uh, very highly of you. By the but, way, but uh, yeah, Kevin. Well, well uh, wait. Before you even yeah. start, I, I gotta say, um, you know, we we have been lucky uh, to grow to where we were at, and and now you know it's almost become commonplace. But there was a time where talking to anybody that had a modicum of success and then also hearing that they were a fan of us was a big deal. And you were one of the first people that I was like, get the fuck out of here. Like <laughs> a family guy. Cause that, especially in the beginning when it was just blogging, it was just writing. So right. a, a true writer being a fan of that means, you know, meant the world to us. So you were one of the first guys for a lot of us here. That was, it was like, Oh my God, the sulk, like television family guy. We see his name <laughs> on the TV. So like- uh, okay, you were go, just, go. you were a big part of that. So I appreciate so cool. that. Goldie's thinking of a hundred insults. Oh, no, I just was saying <laughs> the word modicum is yes. the perfect description of yes. the amount of success. Oh, that's, I was thinking well, that I too. Mean, no, that's, I agree. That's the, that's the uh, book title and modicum <laughs> of success. I love it. It's sort of no. the, the anti-quantum of solace. But yeah, you guys... Uh, were and are so funny, and my co- I have to give my cousin uh, Teddy Kaplan all the credit for this because I think it was in 2011, and I was hanging out with him in New York, and he said, "Have you checked out this Barstool app?" And I had never heard of it; I didn't know what it was. Of course, he's like 10 years younger than I am, so he's like in the middle of your fan demo, and so I started. I put it on my phone, and I started looking at it every day, and I really did like it. I liked, you know, that you guys 
had this sort of funny, irreverent take on sports and like didn't mind the smoke shows. I'm not going to be one of those people who's like, oh, I, I didn't look those smoke shows. Yeah, I looked. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. looked. It's right. And up your so alley, I, en- I enjoyed the overall experience. But the thing I enjoyed most was uh, the daily rundown. And that was if you were lucky enough to get what I called the A-team assembled, it was you, Portnoy and Big Cat. And mm-hmm. that to me was like, this is going to be an awesome like 15 to 20 minutes where I can just like zone out and listen to these guys. So what has it been like for you? Because you were there, I think, since like 2009. Yeah. Um, I mean, what do you ever just like pinch yourself? Like, you remember where our fucking old office in Milton, Mass, totally. and now here I, we are? I think probably more so than anybody, um, because like I think Portnoy was was destined to be like a, a famous and, and just big, you know, personality. And I think Dan, uh, big cat kind of has like this almost like theater movie star presence to him. And then I was just kind of like along for the ride in the sense of like, I never, it, it was never a dream of mine. It was never like, I'm going to go after this. I, I'm going to become this. And it just kind of, if it just happened, and I did have a little taste of, of a regular job out of college. So every day past when I had a, a barstool as my full-time job, every day since then, whether it was in early days or later days, whether it was when money was lean or money was good, I'm just happy that I don't have to be behind a desk and, and having, uh, you know, living that cube monkey life. Yes. And that really has been like, the only thing I can say with certainty that, you know, like, where, where do you want to end up or what's next? And I'm like, I don't know. And I don't care as long as it's not, you know, a, a, a cube job. Uh, so that was yeah. the main thing I always I always appreciated about it. Yes. Oh, my God. That's a, a great story. I mean, and you sort of alluded to it in the beginning with, you know, Internet comments are not nice. Are there some days where you're like, Give me the cube job. I can't take the fucking comments. <laughs> yeah, today. you know what? That is that is a funny. I will say two things. There, what people don't understand. The common phrase that we always heard is like, you know, we're not we're not coal miners and we're not digging ditches and you know right. it's not. But what we are, I think, at Barstool is we are internet coal miners and internet ditch diggers. And it's not that it is a hard physical job. It's not physical labor where you're risking your life. But it's the internet version of that where you're, you know, you're taking on a lot of heat, a lot of hate. You're yep. uh, sometimes your family and friends get dragged in and it's it's tough on relationships and it's tough for, you know, a lot of people in your life. So as much as I understand that at the end of the day, very lucky to make some money and to just shoot the shit and get to meet people like yourself and like do all these cool things. There is another side of it where it's like, you know, we you had to be on every single day. I used to go to my old job hung over as shit and I would just say, I'm going to stare at the computer screen and do zero for <laughs> right. and cash my check. Right. And you can't do that in this job. And you can't get nights and weekends and holidays aren't what they used to be. And so there are, there are those times uh, where I'm like, you know, it would be nice to just be, to mail it in. Uh, and then the other side of it is there are times where the internet is just absolutely fucking ruthless and you're like you know what is it really worth it if my you know mental health is completely shattered Uh, Um, so those are the two times where i do say and i also uh 
depending on where we go, Northeast specifically, in certain neighborhoods of certain cities where our demo is really there, we do kind of get, uh, I, you know, I, I, I hesitate to use the word fame, but people do recognize yeah. us and know us. And that, I, I truly don't like that aspect of it. If I could somehow do all of this cool stuff without being recognized, I would like yeah. that. So when the hate builds up and the, like, sometimes I can't go to certain places or if I'm hanging out with my regular friends and it becomes a bar stool thing, I'm like embarrassed. So there right. are moments where I'm like, it would be nice to just go back to a regular life. And, and you had people be, come up to you in public and sort of just go, yeah, you guys yeah. are responsible for, you know, my nephew's corruption or whatever. I, I've had, I've had, uh, wow. it's mostly good. I will say in person, it's mostly good. The internet is where all the, the nasty stuff yeah, happens. People right. are cowards. Safer. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but every now and then there's been you know uh, uh, it's more like dirty looks or you know what, what happened one time actually you'll appreciate this all because you, you I feel like you're an OG guy a girl came up to me we were at a bar before one of our shows in New York and she came up to me and she was like you're that barstool guy and I said yes and then as she started talking to me more it was pretty combative and I was kind of like what yeah. the fuck is going on here yeah. and then she said something about pizza. And I was like, oh, oh, you think that I'm Dave. Right. I'm I'm a different guy. Right. And her demeanor completely changed. And she was like, oh, okay, like, nice to meet you. And went back to her friends. <laughs> and my friends were all like, that girl was 100% a second away from throwing her drink on you. <laughs> and I didn't realize oh it. They, apparently she had her drink kind of like wow. cocked and ready to go. <laughs> and I was just oblivious being like, yeah, I'm the barstool guy. It was kind of in the middle of one of Dave's like, most controversial moments, I think. And I yeah. and I think he was ready to do it. Oh, and my experience has always been pretty good, but yeah. So Oh, that's so and funny. Course, I, no, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. Finish, finish the thought. Well, I was going to say the worst part of it all was someone thinking that I looked like Dave. I was like, what <laughs> yeah. the fuck? You thought I was Dave? <laughs> You're like, that guy, that guy's... That guy's five seven on a good day. Look at me <laughs> up here in the clouds compared to Dave. That I feel is like so that's funny. such a 1970s or 80s move to throw a drink on someone. Like that doesn't happen anymore. I, I, totally. I didn't see it. Like that's why I didn't even think of it. My friends were like, they they were like, we were about to almost like jump in because we could tell she was about to, and I I didn't see it at all. I almost wish it happened. That's another uh, <laughs> another part of this job is I'm almost like when bad things happen, I'm like yes. Like more material for the day, right, you know. To talk about. <laughs> right. Well, do you have days like you know in this grind of just coming up with a grist for to talk about? I mean, is it? Do you have days where you're like, I don't even know what I'm gonna do, and it's like ten minutes away? No, I will say in the early on, from probably like 2009 to 2000, like 12, 13. Every day I woke up like, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? Like, because we, we used to put out a lot. It, we we yes. put up a blog. Every 30 to 40 minutes, which Whoa. nowadays, I mean, yeah, it was like dozens of blogs and we, every story, every video, every, everything I'd be at Thanksgiving, open up my computer to blog or I'm at a bar, I'm running home to do it. Cause you know, the technology wasn't there back in the day. So we, I mean, we never stopped. So every, you know, every morning you wake up being like, I got to publish 10, 12, 15 things. And every day I was like, this is today's the day like the internet's just not gonna be funny and nothing's gonna happen and, and people are gonna think it's that i'm not funny and, and and i'll tell you man it's like death 
taxes and the internet, like it just never stops. If there's <laughs> all way, you got to know where to look, but there's always a story or a video or a horrible thing or something. It just, yes. it's, it's infinite. It's like the tides, man. Oh, yeah. that's so great. And by the way, that's something you and Goldie, I think, share in common. Goldie, I feel like you always have the attitude of like, I may have just told my last joke. Oh, <laughs> oh constantly. Yeah. I mean, I think that was my last question ever. Like, I don't <laughs> think I'm, it's just dementia I, Goldie, from this moment on. Do you feel, Goldie, like, I mean, uh, from my, my thing at Barstool was more relatability and kind of like, I, I just, I think what, what really gave me my success was like, I just tell it really like it is. and. Luckily, um, at least in my demographic, there's a lot of people who agree with me and are kind of like, I, you know, I see that point. Yeah. So that was kind of my thing is like, I'm just going to tell the truth and hope that people relate to me. But I was like, today's the day they're going to just decide I'm not funny or no, I don't agree with you anymore or I've aged out of it or whatever. And every day I'm like, this is it. It's over. The career ends today. I, I don't know yeah. why I can't shake it, but. Well, but well, I think what, what I yeah, noticed yeah. listening to stuff that you've discovered and you're you're very good at is you're also like a really good listener of someone who's interesting talking, which is sort of the life hack for doing this is you go, I'm out of ideas, but this person isn't. And <laughs> well, I'm happy you I, I get that. the shine from them when they're, you know, when uh, they're brilliant and I just give them a, a question that it, it yeah. unleashes it. And you're very good at that. I uh, I learned a long time ago during my first career how to you know work smarter and not harder and kind of ride the wave of other people and and kind of just make the right moves. So I've been I've been trying to to you know just pivot at the right points and and work with the right people all the time, and it's it has worked out well for me. Uh, I mean, my co-host Feidelberg is he's so fun. Has been dude, and I I don't know if if. If you pay attention as much as I do recently, he has become, if I could just get inside his head, because uh, you know him, he's the most, you know, self-doubting guy ever. But if I could just convince him, watching him do his sketch show, the way, how quick he's been on the podcast recently, seeing him on stage, I'm like, bro, you are a star and you just <laughs> don't know it. I, I'm here to just like direct traffic and lob some jokes up but you are so goddamn funny and so one of a kind and sometimes i'm like you know i just i get on the mic and i tell a story about my kids or my job or whatever he has you know grand tales and great delivery and i'm just happy to be like i'm happy to be on his show so i, I have been uh, very lucky to to work with the right people in that sense i feel the same way and i've said it many times about goldie up there uh i feel like i'm scott mitchell handing the ball to barry sanders just <laughs> yes, like 30 I, times a game just go ahead here you go do your magic yep. i feel like i'm running into my own line on the one for four straight downs <laughs> and then walking back to the sideline as the coach tears off his headset <laughs> Goldie, you would fit fonts. in. You would fit in so well at KFC Radio. You, if you ever need a third, <laughs> a third bottle, oh, look at this, Goldie! Don't leave us, please. Um, no, well, I don't coaching. know. This thing sounds pretty promising, Alex. <laughs> uh, you know how good the money is here, Goldie. You leave that. <laughs> You're right. I could never um, leave nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but KFC, it's funny because it must be so interesting for you because you. Okay, so you have this one 
side of like fan interactions where it's the girl with the clutch drink and she's ready to and there must be other versions of that where there are people who are just appalled like pearl clutching yeah. about barstool but then this weird thing happened i think with you in particular where like even a sort of weird end of the barstool fan base will turn on you like people oh, yeah. who lo- who love barstool but like and and listen we can say this here we're amongst friends but like i find KFC has a much more center left view of the world than a lot of the people who listen to Barstool and maybe even some of the personalities on Barstool. So because KFC, you don't fall in line with like, oh, uh, you know, President is, you know, interviewing Trump. Isn't that the best thing in the world? And you're like, I don't think it is like you get a lot of hate from both ends. Yeah, it would, I mean, I've I've heard the like the old adage of like, you're, you're doing something right when both sides hate you or, or, yeah. or you know, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of like, fuck that. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, so when the whole world is mad at you, that's when you're doing it right. right. But I, I do get that. I, I do. I do understand that because I mean, there are times where I've been called a racist, misogynist, you know, asshole. And then in the same day. I'm getting called, you know, a beta boy, soy boy, lib cuck. And, you know, I'm like, yes, I guess, guess what, guys? It's probably somewhere in the fucking middle right. where the normal people are. So I, I do pride myself a little bit on that. Um, I also, I came to the conclusion pretty early on. Like I said before, I, I never, I was not like going, I didn't take classes to become an actor. I didn't want to be a stand up. Like the only thing I had going for me was like, I, I'm going to tell it like it is from my point of view. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the day that I start to try to be something other than that, I think I'll, they'll, they'll suss you out. You know, you can tell when someone is just giving a take because they feel like they should, or, yeah. you know, right. like some of these talking heads who it's like, you used to be liberal, but now it's going to make you money to be conservative. So, and I was just like, even if I limit myself because the right hates me and the left hates me and I'm only going to get this like slice of the middle. If I try to go one way or the other, whether it's political or in sports fandom or in like everything, Mm -hmm. it's not going to work. So I'd rather be like, you know, if if I can get this high by being myself and maybe the ceiling would be a little bit higher if I sold out, but it also could be much lower if I fuck it up. So I'm just going to be myself and see what that takes. Yep. Do you ever start expressing an opinion and as you're expressing it, realize you disagree with yourself and wish you had taken the other side but it's kind of too late because you're like three minutes in um i've definitely done the old like i've definitely done like realizing i'm totally contradicting myself and being like well i mean of course there are certain instances where you do the other thing the exact opposite of what i'm saying but for the most part that's I, i don't think people realize too writing and podcasting as much as we do like, I'm going to throw out a billion opinions. I'm going to get yep. a zillion facts wrong. I'm going to have good days and bad days. Uh, you've also seen me grow from, like, a 25-year-old single man to a 38-year-old divorced dad of two. So guess what? My opinions yeah. on things have changed, you know? Yeah. I love yep. – my favorite thing is when people say, man, you know, 2010 KFC would hate you. I was like, I, I fucking hope so. I hope he does. <laughs> you know, right. some dickhead, like twenty-six-year-old kid, loves me and, and idolizes me. I'm probably doing something wrong as a four-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> so, some of that stuff, I'm like, yeah, that's kind of the point. Is you know, it's maybe growth. 
change yeah. perspective. You know, I know these are novel concepts, but yeah, no, but and and you have, I mean, definitely, you've just gone through like you know, as you said, you you were twenty five and single, and now you're almost forty and and divorced with two kids. It's just a different time of life. Um, I want to go back to your uh, childhood, so. I'm always fascinated when I meet a Mets fan because I just think to myself, why didn't you just pick the Yankees? Like your life would be so much better. It's not how it works, man. We actually sell a shirt that says, uh, this life chose me. That's our lesson. I didn't choose this life. For whatever reason, there's the Mets and the Jets and the Yankees and the Giants. And then then hockey is a little bit in there with the Rangers and, and Islanders as well. Yeah. And for whatever reason... Like 75, 80, maybe even like 90% of the city goes Yankees, Giants, or Mets, Jets. Yes. A couple people mix and match. My co-host on my Mets podcast is a Mets, Giants fan, which yes. I call those people gypsies. I'm like, I can't trust you. I don't know what you are. I don't know what you're uh, you know, as a, as a Giants fan, they're like, you know, we own Tom Brady and we win Super Bowls and we're the yeah. best. And then you flip the calendar and you become the hapless Mets fan again. And it's like, well, which one are you? You know, yeah. whereas when you're a Mets, Jets, Knicks fan, you're the hapless loser always, you know? Always. And so it becomes like, you know, your personality. It becomes who you are. I, I, you know, the Mets were, they had a great season last year. They, you know, got bounced immediately in the playoffs, but right. I didn't even know how to handle being a hundred win team. And I, I don't even know how to be good, even if my teams are. So it's just something – I'll tell you the real reason, and I, I motherfuck him from, from beyond the grave every day. My <laughs> grandfather – we were born. We're a Bronx family. Yep. I was born in the Bronx. He was a Bronx guy through and through, a firefighter in the Bronx, all that. He was such a baseball purist, he hated the designated hitter. Oh, and no. he was like, I don't, I don't, wow. I don't mess with that. I'm not going to root for an AL team, so I'm rooting for the NL team. And lo and behold, that's the Mets. Wow. And, they're, they're, and now, this is like the domino effect. You know that meme on, on where it's like the little domino and then that huge wall is being knocked over? That is yeah. him hating the designated hitter. Because now I'm sitting here going, should I make my kids Mets fans? Or is that like generational <laughs> trauma at this point? Is that the child yes. abuse? Like. Uh, uh, it's it's not a fun it's the original it's bad take like if if that guy could if you could get him on your oh. show oh, talking God. about like here's what i'm doing they shouldn't right. like like why dig in on that uh, it's, the, it's the stupidest thing man and now like now the the, the designated hitter's gone from baseball and i'm like the thing that shaped my entire life as I know it is not even in existence anymore. <laughs> Crazy. It's great. And I have to say, just as a, a side note, like Frank the Tank is like one of the 10 funniest internet characters. I oh, mean, well, he's this guy, If you, I don't know if, how familiar you are for our fans. On Barstool, they've discovered this guy in the last like five years, I feel like five or six years. And tell, tell me, because there was a funny way in which he yeah. was discovered. So, um, he's a huge Mets fan, by the way, huge Mets, huge, I mean, huge Mets fan, literally and figuratively, um, (laughs) very big, big fella who just lives and breathes the Mets and opening day 20, like 16, I want to say, uh, they, the, the New Jersey transit had like big time delays on opening day (laughs) and, uh, a, a huge chunk of Mets fans could not get there on time for the game. And so they're doing one of those little like five minute 
news vignettes, like we're here live at New Jersey Transit, where like there's delays on the train. Like yeah. it's the stupidest. <laughs> like who gives a fuck? Yeah, the train is delayed. And then Frank just walks on onto the camera and like grabs the mic and he's like, "New Jersey Transit is incompetent. They are the worst. I fix the balloons. I fix the fireworks." And then he goes off the fucking rails. And to uh, to Dave's credit, he was like, "I want that guy." Yes. And, and we come to find out that Frank Fleming had a blog in the year two thousand and one. Wow. And I was like. This guy was almost blogging pre 9-11. And and by the way, for like zero viewers, like no readers. Yeah. Yeah. And and then the real the real thing that sealed the deal was he had a YouTube video. He made a bet amongst himself. Again, no viewers or listeners. He said if uh I think if the men's national soccer team does not make the, the World Cup, I will eat, <laughs> eat eat this piece of paper. And he just sat there on YouTube. And ate a piece of paper, and it had like six views on YouTube. Like nobody had seen it, and so we started up with him. the The rule was uh, the only reason he couldn't work full time. He had a, a real job, and then he was only available at night. So every night at midnight, he would start blogging, and then eventually he just grew to be this this crazy Mets fan. And now he's you know one of the most recognizable people on the internet. And like I think he makes a boatload of money on Cameo. So a true Good. American, you know. Uh, Rags to riches type story in the oh, weirdest yeah. way. My arch nemesis too. He's you know he's he's an asshole about the Mets and we butt heads and I'm like of course I got to go head to head with this guy. Yeah, that's yeah, what's well. great about losing team culture is that even the fans hate each other <laughs> at a certain point, and it's such Don't a worry. funny thing to witness. Well, that's why everyone else loves it. I'm I'm screaming and yelling, and he's screaming and yelling, and the Mets are like ten games under five hundred, and everyone else is just like, "Why are you guys even doing this? Yeah, why do you, Why do you care this year? Yeah. Or any I wish year? I I wish I could. I I really genuinely, if I could take a pill and just like forget about sports, I think I might do it. It's but just, what would ha- what would happen if they started winning? Would you? Well, so still we, be- we got a taste of that last year. They 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 didn't do well in the playoffs, but they won a hundred games. And the only other problem was another team in their division. The Braves won every, you know, just as much as they did. Yeah. And the amount, how quickly the fan base went from, I mean, we're a terrible franchise. We've lost for 30 years straight. We finally have a good team. And the amount of people on the internet who were still nitpicking every little thing. Yeah. And I was like, you'll just never be happy. They could win 162 games and there'll still be somebody complaining. So it's, it's, it's sports plus the internet is just always going to be, Pessimism, you know. Yeah, oh, absolutely. God. All right. So KFC, you grew up in the in the Bronx, which must have been interesting in of itself. Yeah. But uh, what what kind of stuff were you uh, like? What was your what were your entertainment go tos when you were growing up? What made you laugh, or what kind of shit did you like to watch? Uh, re- early on, big '80s cartoons, big you know Ghostbusters, mm. Ninja Turtles, uh, yeah. tail end of like He Man and stuff like that. I got a, a brother who's four years older. So uh, I picked up a little bit of that early stuff. I can remember from a very early age, too early, don't know where my parents were. I think that's a kind of a hallmark of their generation. <laughs> where were you guys? <laughs> um, watching like Friday the 13th and Freddy Krueger and, yeah. and Nightmare on Elm Street, like those slasher 80s horror movies. I remember yeah. being the youngest of my, my, my older brother and our two neighbors. I was the youngest. And we used to play Friday the 13th and I was Jason. <laughs> Oh and God. if you recall in those movies, never do you ever see Jason running. He's just no. walking 
slowly after people. So the rule in the game was that I could not run. And they would just run by me, and I would just keep walking after them, never catching anybody. So uh, that that kind of stuff. Um, and then as I got older, more into sports, and then more into like sports sports media. Like fell in love with uh, sports radio, WFAN, and Mike and the Mad Dog, and those guys. Yeah. Sure. Which was kind of like when my uh, when my dream of being a actual athlete ended you know, very early, sure. I was like, Hey, maybe I could work in sports. That's not like totally far-fetched. So yeah. that was the one thing that always kind of stuck with me is like, I was like, I can listen to sports radio for like eight hours a day and it doesn't bother me and I'm into it and all that stuff. And yeah. then that little did I know, I think that kind of shaped me more than I realized. Like I, when I, I went to Fordham for, for school and I, I signed up at the radio there and the, their radio is like, I think I would say it's Syracuse and Fordham are two top yeah. sports communication programs in the country. And um, so, again, it was never like my – I was never like, I'm going to go be a broadcaster. But I was kind of like sophomore year. I've been drinking and partying for a while. Maybe I should go do something productive. Let me go uh, Let me go work for the radio. And then that right. kind of you know set me on this path that I didn't you know necessarily realize was going to happen. But, I, yeah. you know, I, I think a very typical – I'm a 90s, 90s baby, 90s kid, so – all yeah. that, you know, Saved by the Bell, Baywatch, uh, all, those, <laughs> all the, the movies, all those, those Chris Farley, SNL, all that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. That, yeah. It, it, and really, when I look back on it, it's like, that's what we did at Barstool. We took the sports, we took, you know, the sports from the 90s of steroids and Jordan and all that. And we took uh, the entertainment of guys like Chris Farley and, and all that. And then the internet came by and we just smashed mm -hmm. it all together and made it all work. To, to me, I, I was always, and I haven't heard this, like, you list this as an influence, but to me, it's like Barstool almost seems like an evolution of, like, Maxim and stuff and ink and a yeah. way oh, better yeah. version yeah. Big, big of what those were doing. Because it's, it's, there's, like, this lifestyle component, too, that totally. when you're, like, I remember graduating college and I was so insular in a bubble that I kind of didn't understand, like, well, what pants am I supposed to wear out? Or, <laughs> like, when I go to a bar... How much am I supposed to tip? Like I had no knowledge of like how to kind of exist. And it, it feels like you guys have stepped into that space as well in a really effective well, way. Well, what, what I think we did, we, we're not the guys who are going to tell you what pants to wear or what to do at the bar. We were, I was just the voice saying, I don't know what pants to wear or what to do either. And it kind of <laughs> yeah. became like every guy who we were, we truly were just like average dudes. And that's morphed. Obviously, we can't call ourselves just like regular anymore. But for the longest time, even when things started to turn and money started to come in, it was still like our opinions and our and our interests and all that were still like, I'd rather just sit on the couch and watch a movie than like go to the club and party. And and, yeah. we, you know, we liked all the stuff uh, and didn't know we what we knew and didn't know was the same thing as like all the average guys. So in the beginning, the the tagline was by the common man for the common man. And we used to yeah. always describe it as, what do you talk to your friend about when you sit on a bar stool? It's not, you know, we're not talking about right. the X's and O's of sports. We're talking about when you're sharing a beer and you're talking about the guy, the star players on the team, he's dating the hot chick. And what yeah. happened with the, in the crowd? That was a funny moment with the blooper, with the, you know. And so that is kind of what really, like, that's when it, it hit, like, mass appeal. Because there's so many guys like that. And girls. Yeah, it's so But relatable. it was so many guys in the beginning. Totally. 
And now, you know, as you just mentioned, like Barstool started small and now it's very large and it's become a real a legitimate player in the in the world of, uh, you know, sports and entertainment. And I always wondered, and I'm sure you guys have toyed around with this as well. When do you think we're going to get like a essentially a barstool comedy uh, broadcast of like a say major league baseball game or is that something that because that totally. seems to me to like to be such a logical fit and something that I would love to watch. So it's already happened in boxing. Uh, we we have right. our own we have our own little like <laughs> uh, underground boxing you know hillbilly yeah. fights sort of thing rough and rowdy. But Dan and Dave did a a full Showtime broadcast. Can't remember for which fight, but um, that I think was a pretty, you know, pretty big success. The fight game kind of embraces a little bit of the the riffraff, you know. I right. think to get to like, uh, um, uh, and we also did college basketball. We had our own uh, college basketball invitational. We were supposed to have a college football bowl game, but the controversy of Barcelona's reputation kind of got in the way. But we're knocking on the door, and I think right. even more than that. I don't think it'll be necessarily like you'll get Barstool on ABC or TNT. I think what'll happen is we'll have our own way to broadcast the games. We'll have our own version of the rights. And then you come to our app or our streaming or Mm, social media. We kind of already do a little bit of like second screen. Uh, I think it's, we're close to being able to like put that together where the game is on the same screen. And I think when that happens, man, I think it is game over. You know, the Manning cast is already kind of doing it. Yes. Yeah. And Michael K and A-Rod try to do it. And I think we are going to crush that when it happens because we do have talented people who can kind of broadcast and call the game, if you will. And then to just have somebody who will tell it like it is like, I always use the butt fumble as the example. When you turn on, when you turn on, ESPN the day after the butt fumble. It's so long ago now, but it's still so, you know, it's the perfect example. And guys are like, that's when Mark Sanchez accidentally collided with the rear end, the keister. (laughs) He ran up his hiney, and you just want a a real fan to go, he put his head in his asshole. What what the fuck? (laughs) The way that we can do that on TV or on whatever the broadcast is, is I think the day that, you know, the true great broadcasters will survive, but all these other guys who are PG and no fun, mm-hmm. see you later. You're dinosaurs, I, you know? I, I totally agree, and I think that I'm glad that you guys are kind of focused on that because I, I can see that uh, some of these leagues will be tough nuts to crack. Like, the NFL might never let you oh, in no. just on principle <laughs> because of all the kerfuffle before. Seems By the way, like maybe there's been a bridge burned there. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> by your by the best selling t shirt. The best selling t shirt of all time with Goodell yeah. on a clown nose. Uh yeah, I, I love I loved that whole era as a Pats fan, obviously. That was a fantastic. Sure. And that really was, time. you know, I think Dave will be known in the beginning he was El Presidente, the blogger, and mm-hmm. then he is the uh the Patriots deflate gate, Roger Goodell guy, and now the pizza yeah. guy, and now he's just kind of Portnoy, like the the mogul, but that era. I mean, I really the time when when it's all said and done, you tell the story. It's a lot of talented people and that, all that. The internet, it's a it's a lot of talent, but it's the timing of everything with the internet coming together and Boston sports doing what it did. I mean, yes. without the money from we used to sell a billion T shirts every time a Boston team won a championship, which was like twice a year, and that kept right. the lights on, and then wow. Tom Brady becoming an icon, going to nine Super Bowl, like, these things just don't happen, and it all coincided with 
the internet coming of age. It coincided with Dave Portnoy being the right age. You know, if Dave's right. born five or ten years earlier or later, it all misses. Yep. I was coming out of college and ready to, you know, I had enough experience where I was like, fuck this, I want another job. Maybe yep. if I was older or younger, I would have, you know what I mean? It's just the timing is unbelievable. So as much as I hate Boston sports, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best possible answer. And, and thank you for the butt fumble because, boy, yeah. that's a great, great gift moment. that keeps giving. But yep. by the way, what people forget, I mean, we don't as Pats fans and you don't as Jets fans, but the sort of handful of other ridiculous plays oh. in that game that I mean, went our way. <laughs> you scored like 35 points in like in like three minutes of game time. It was like 10 minutes of real time, three minutes of game time, and all of a sudden it was 35 nothing. What the fuck? <laughs> and not I to mention, think... you know, Mo Lewis and, and Brady and Bledsoe. It's like the, you know, we – we started yeah. the, the the dynasty ourselves. Brett Belichick with the napkin. The Jets oh. and the Patriots are forever entwined, and I'm on the very short end of that one. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> yeah, when you look back and say Chad Pennington might have been the guy, that's oh, cool. for real. Well, at least we'll see what happens with A Rod here. Aaron Rodgers is our is our only hope. So I know. Well, I mean, listen. Obviously, as a Pats fan, I'm interested to see how this will go wrong. Uh, <laughs> getting him at the right time. Inevitably <laughs> will. <laughs> yeah, getting, getting him at the right God time. Damn you yeah. uh, a 40 year old who's into psychedelics. That's a, that's a quarterback you want. Yeah, that, that's what you want. You know? And I'm watching it with the Mets right now with Justin Verlander who coming off of a Cy Young who just decides to stink now. So that's probably yeah. what Aaron Rodgers will do too. And he'll just forever be. The cycle continues. <laughs> well, you talk about uh, in 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 that last question you were talking about when the when the barstool story is told. Have people approached Dave or about putting making this uh, show a movie, like anything like that? Maybe like ten years ago, Dave really? was like, "We're no." Dave was like, "We're writing a book," and he was like, "I'm gonna go to Nantucket and I'm gonna write my part while I'm in Nantucket, and then you guys got to write your part." And I, I think he wrote like one sentence, you know, um, <laughs> the problem with I can really it's funny to think about when we when we thought we, we should write a book was like a fraction of the way through the story. You know what I mean? So I think part of it is almost we got to see where it all ends up. Right. But also well, we were writing so much. I remember Dave saying, I can't write a book because I'm busy writing the site, you know? Yeah. And there's right. only so many hours in a day and so many jokes and topics to, to be made. I know Francis uh, Ellis, who's like a, an employee here when he he got fired originally and then was out on his own and he pitched the idea of of a show i think kind of like the office but like for the blog and i think yeah. that gained like minimal steam but i think the idea of us getting i think he pitched it to like networks and real tv and i don't think it'll ever be something like that i think it's going to have to always be alternative at least right. for a while i don't know Part of me thinks that we're the only ones who can really tell the story. I also don't know if any of us are really the tell-all type of guy. Like, uh, you know, it's like right. if I was really if I was going to do it, I'm going to do it. But in order to do it, I got to say some things and probably burn some bridges and tell some stories that yes. I just like to keep it in the locker room. Yeah. Um, I but I will say, you know, if it's not us, I do hope one day we do it or somebody does it. Because I, I think it's one of the most fascinating things that's ever happened in media and entertainment. And and I don't know if it'll ever happen again. I mean, we, we don't really have any competition per se. Like all right. the other competition are just other influencers and other individuals and yeah. right. people just spending their time on other 
right. uh, apps. Yeah, it's just, yeah, but it's there's like no you're... other company. There's no other. Well, if anyone was that good, you would probably absorb them anyway. Well, that and, and we're kind of at that point. It's a little bit like wrestling. We're a little bit like the WWF where Vince McMahon just kind of <laughs> got every other federation. Um, yeah. And we're now at a point. I'm actually, this is, I guess this is the first time I'm saying it publicly. I, uh, as much as my crusade is to stop, is to never go back to a regular job. I am going to be the, uh, the GM of comedy at Barstool because we're kind of branching off into sports is over here. Entertainment's here. And and comedy is going to be my lane where I'm going to be a little bit more on the business side and try to recruit and scout and and bring in the right people and learn, you know, figure out the the best ways to monetize it and get around some of the hurdles and all that stuff. So uh, it is at the point where it's like, if you are good enough, Dave always said he thinks it's like SNL. I don't, I don't think that was an apps comparison, but I'd love to get to that point where it's, you know, back then it was like, if you were funny, you're, you go through SNL first. Like you right. have almost like that. You have to, you know? Yes. And I'd love to get to a point where it's like, you'll go do movies and TV and specials, but first, you know, you got to Barstool finds you and puts you on. That's, that's where I want to get uh, the, cool. the comedy branch to. I love this idea. And Goldie, I have a feeling you and I might become knocking at his door in about five years. Just like, hey, uh, you're the GM of comedy. Huh? I might be knocking Remember when yours, they said man. that thing I about him? We, we want all the talent in the world. So. Remember I, when I, I said think... that thing about a 40-year-old on psychedelics? What about a 60-year-old on psychedelics? Is that, the, is that who you want in your organization? <laughs> your new brand. <laughs> um, well, so KFC... Uh, Barstool, again, as we've discussed, it started small. It's now huge. Do you guys have a lot of interaction with the other kind of shows and offshoots? Um, or is it sort of like everyone's and knows what they're doing, they're in their own lane, and then maybe occasionally we'll kind of dip our foot in their pool? You, you mean at bar, within Barstool? Yeah, like the, yeah. The, the Ken Jack and the movie guys, and you sure. got, you know, sort of the yep. all, all the different show, the, as I call it, the Gals podcast. Like, you know, yeah. you got all, this, all these very successful, well-established things. Is there much crossover? No, one of the main, like the very first thing I want to do with, you know, with this new role is establish like a, almost a schedule where we collaborate more because what we do, the reason why we have success is we have guests of a very high caliber now who want to come on our show and gain our seal of approval because that tells our fans, you know, this is funny, go watch it. Right. And we don't ever do that for each other. It's, right. it's insane. And it's yes. like, obviously, we're co-workers. And so I do co-sign a lot of these people. Why don't we ever do it publicly and formally so that my fan base goes and watches yours and vice versa? And I think that that happened because we the coming of age of Barstool was hyper competitive. It's probably the 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 poster child for toxic masculinity. Right. It was, you know, totally. four, five, six, seven, eight dudes who were all like, I'm going to be the funniest, I'm going to be the fastest, I'm going to get yep. to the story first, my podcast is better than yours, you know, and it was always kind of like keeping up with each other, and that pushed everybody, right. but I also think in that in that time, we we lost the idea of like, we're not working against each other here, like we should right. be, and I think that competition led to a lot of drama, and a lot of material, and a lot of what makes us us, but I was like, if we could just have like 10% more collaboration, yeah. I think we would be even better off. And so I, I'm trying to push a lot more of that. I think the old bar stool of like, the old bar stool is like you're on your, 
you're on your toes at all time. Head on yeah. a swivel. You right. might be the butt of the joke. You might be the, the, the you know, the star of the show when you don't want to be. And now I'm trying to be like, you can come to work and breathe and not be scared, you know? Yes. And we might lose some of the allure of like the reality TV aspect where you want to see like the housewives fight. That's kind of what Barstool right. was. But also maybe what we'll gain is like, you know, some some comedy magic where it's like, oh, I never thought that guy would be funny with that girl, but you put them together and they're amazing yeah. and yes. all that sort of shit. So yeah, it sounds like you're no longer in fight or flight. It's like you guys yes. are always like yeah. in this state yep. of fight or flight. Now you're that's older. Goldie's, and also, that's Goldie's constant state. It's great. <laughs> it's like, I'll probably be, you know, a, a neurotic, like guilty Irish Catholic fight or flight till I die. But yeah. I think what I, what I did realize was the reason why that all worked in the old bar stool is because we all had skin in the game. We were all either like literally had equity in the company or we're just like, we were in it from its infancy and we wanted to see it grow. And you can't replicate that. They're like a new person coming in right now, why would they feel that connected to it? It's just a job to them. It's a cool one and it's a unique opportunity, but it's still just a job at a company. So right. why would they de dedicate 24 seven the way we did? So I'm trying to like understand that mentality of like, this yeah. is, you, you, you're not a part owner and you're not a lifer. You're just a, you know, maybe you'll only be here a couple of years, but let's make the most of that, you know? Yeah, exactly. And now can you, because you know, you're, you're here on our podcast, like what things have you learned about podcasting now over the years? Because yours is so successful. I know you have this, tell it like it is and hopefully people will respond to that and clearly they have but is there something that you've learned a weird thing about podcasting that you notice more people lis listen to these kinds of shows i don't know why or it, it, is yeah. there anything you you notice about that i i think despite the the proliferation of uh like celebrity podcasts which are now starting to boom you know the always sunny guys are killing it and the workaholics guys and Bateman and, and, and his gang are like, you know, very yeah, successful. Yeah. I still think at its core, podcasting is like the average man's game. And I think as long as you keep like like when we we had Burt Kreischer on recently promoting his yeah. movie. He loves and, you guys. And oh uh, yeah, we have a great thing going with him and he, and he's always a huge bump for our listeners. We also had Eddie from Chicago at Barstool on just to talk about the inter office beef that they have two guys who are relatively unknown in the world that did more views and more downloads than Bert Kreischer because at wow. the end of the day these Barstool fans want to hear about Barstool and from the mouths of Barstool guys and they want to you know hear like kind of what Goldie was saying like it's like we're the guys who don't know how, what pants to wear and I right. mean, I ranted the other day about how I don't think extra large shirts are extra large anymore. And it did as many views <laughs> as like some of the, the craziest, uh, you know, news topics there are. So I right. think as long as you can find a way to not be boring about it, it's that everyday life, every man sort of convo that I think bar that will still always dominate the podcast realm you know it's like you can't yeah. relate to you want to hear inside stories like oh what happened when you guys were when arrested development was winning emmys but it's like i don't know we've heard yeah you've heard that kind of stuff before what you want to hear now is about like the real guys you know yeah well so goldie that's more encouragement for us talking about shitting because that's, <laughs> that's uh, a very common man. topic dick jokes and and, 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 shit and jokes. yeah i mean feidelberg talks about shitting every single episode it seems to work so, <laughs> yeah, so See, do we he's very funny yes we, we tend to do that here too it's a part of our experience 
Um, <laughs> it's so if because I know that you know Barstool has been this uh, lightning rod uh, for the over a decade. If there was something that you could just snap your fingers and change about Barstool, have you ever thought of that? Like, is there one thing that sticks out yeah. to you? Like, I wish this was different. Well, I, I don't want to repeat myself, but I, I, I always did say, like, I think we should be more collaborative. I think we should work together. I think there's no reason why we should. Like, if, if he gave everybody some truth serum and we were real about it, we're all friendly. But, like, it was, it was always like, I want my podcast to be bigger than yours. I want to be better than you. I want to, yeah. you know, and it was never, yeah. like, wishing them ill. But it was always like, it was like our world is the only thing that mattered. So we didn't care about right. other podcasts. It was just what mattered in-house. And you want to yeah. be the best one. When I think yeah. it should have been a little more of like us against them rather than us against each other. But um, I would also say if if I could just change one thing, I, I think, and this is, this is, you know, this is, this is a personal thing. Cause I, I lived my life so openly. I talked about my marriage. I put my kids yep. on the internet and, and then when things went South, I, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. And right. I wish, you know, the, the, my mentality is like, I give you guys like 99% of my life. Can I just have 1%? And right. their mentality is like, well, you already gave us 99. So you're not entitled to the 1%. Yeah. Right. I, I wish, I wish while still having the same like rabid support, I could also get rid of some of the rabid, you know, uh, harassing and, and, and following and, and just weird, the weird shit. But yes, you know, you can't have all the good without the bad. So I, I get that you have to deal with it. But if I had a magic genie, it would probably be that. Well, yeah. as an observer of that situation when it was going down, I thought you handled yourself quite well. And, uh, uh, you know, I mean, listen, okay. it's a testament that you're still kicking and thriving in yeah. the position you're in. And it seems like, uh, you know, the rest of the stuff has kind of fallen into place as to where it should be. Um, I'm hoping. Yeah, yeah. No, it seems that way. Um, I didn't realize. Now, you've been very generous with your time, but I wanted to just talk for a moment about uh, Portnoy because he is... I mean, he's one of those guys where like I was I was so annoyed at the whole Trump interview thing, like I'm sure a lot of people were. And, you know, he instantly turned into like a kind of a, a you know, listen, who am I? If if Trump said he wanted to be on this podcast, I'm sure we'd be like, yeah, please. Well, that, that's, that's what I was going to ask, because as much as, you know, especially at that time, the main thing I didn't like was just that it felt like we were just getting played and used. And I think Dave even knew that because inherently that's kind of the game, right? It's like, I'm going to come on my show on your show to like talk about my movie. You're going to promote it and you get my, you know, my family. So the the whole game is made off of that. This was just like the hyper version of that. And I, 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 you know, it's whatever you think when the sitting president asks to be on your podcast, I feel like you just kind of, you know, in our, in our line of business, you just go with it. Dave's thing has always been, Dave always says, I'm not political. I'm not political. And he, and if you know him, he's actually not, but you can't go on Tucker Carlson every single night and say you're not political. You know, (laughs) it's it's just eventually, you know, if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck. Now his thing, he was always like, if CNN asked me to come on, I would go on there every night too. They just don't ask me. So you don't ever see that. So you start to make assumptions, but I always say to him, or I don't even really say to him, I just, I just, this is my opinion of it, is you can't tell people one thing and then all of your actions publicly at least point <laughs> towards another thing. But wh- so let me ask you, as a fan, were you like, were you turned off to the point of like, I don't want to consume his content anymore? Or were you just kind of like, ah, you, you were my guy and now like, that's not. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I did. Like, I think I 
unfollowed him personally, but I still love his fucking pizza reviews. So it's like I <laughs> still, <laughs> I know. So it's like I, I, and that's pretty much all he does now, or most of yeah. what he does. And I love them. Like I think, and I do think he's such a magnetic and funny guy and and growing up in massachusetts it's like you run into guys like this and he is like the sort of the apex of this kind of guy so i find him incredibly amusing and i definitely can relate to the if somebody wants you you go there like tucker carlson what i love the most about dave and and i've probably butted heads with him more than like some of his actual enemies he is what you see is what you get he tells you up front He's kind of an asshole. He yeah. he is abrasive, um, and and he has always said, like like he hates LeBron James, right? And we said, yeah. Dave, what if tomorrow LeBron James went on the internet and said, Barstool Sports is my favorite website, and Dave Portnoy is the funniest guy there? What would you do? He was like, Oh, I, I love him. I would, you know, I'd be his biggest fan. <laughs> right. So you know, it, it's it's like that's so real. And, 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 and uh, yes. the same thing too when people say you sold out. He's like, Yeah. Yeah, I sold out. I sold the company for a lot of money, and now it's different. So he's very uh, honest about it. But you know, I you don't have to like it, but he doesn't try to hide he, it. He's been doing these pizza reviews for years, and they're great. And he's like got his own, you know, specific hilarious style when he ranks these things. And so LeBron uh, is like the co-owner of this thing, Blaze Pizza. Blaze You've probably pizza. seen yeah. it all over the place. So. But that opened when while Dave was doing his reviews, and so he went to review Blaze Pizza and did this whole speech about how he's you know he doesn't like LeBron, but he's here, he's a professional, he's going to do it. He took the tiniest bite and he said zero and zero. dropped it. <laughs> it was one of the funniest things. There, as a guy again who you know I was basically the first I was the first website outside of Boston, so I was very like. It was competitive and it was like, yeah. I want to be, you know, I want to be funnier than Dave and I want to be the funniest Barstool site and all that. So, uh, you know, there was times where I was like, I'm funnier than him and he's stupid and all, just, right. all that shit. And yeah. then there are a few times throughout his career where I just tip the cap and I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, you know, you're probably the best to ever do it. Man. Like, you, no you doubt nailed about it. it. Well, yeah. by the way, if you needed a, a, a tick in your column, I will say. Uh, and I just saw it yesterday. Your take on the you talk about Real Housewives, the Kyle Richards uh, <laughs> Mauricio split. So Kyle Richards is a Real Housewife, and she's very pretty. Except Kevin unearthed these photos of her oh, no. from when she was younger, and she did look exactly like Rachel Dratch in Debbie Downer. <laughs> and so now, now, he was I guess side people, by side of them. Tell me. That the short hair one was people photoshopping it to be like, oh. look how much she looks like Debbie Downer. Oh but yeah. But the the point still remains, and I I don't even I don't even mean this as a knock to her, although it inherently is. It's more of a like you do you girl because she is stunning now right. and she's yes. fine as, as as she was. But it, it's always a good reminder that you're not ugly, you're just poor. You're right. Yes. Money, <laughs> so true. Like that too. You got a nutritionist and a and a, a uh, hairstylist a and, a, and a hairstylist, and then you photoshopped with perfect. You know, you would be yep. beautiful too. So it's true. don't worry. It's true. Um, well, KFC, you are our Captain America. I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to shout <laughs> it from it, the rooftops. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank I know you. you guys are off this week, so we appreciate you making the time. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'm going to keep fanboying out on all your yeah. shit. So keep it dude, up. Dude, like I said, man, it was and everybody here has, has has had this moment because you've been so cool to a lot of the guys here, Clem and Robbie and and all these dudes, Feidelberg. Uh, 
everybody to a man when they because we grew up on, on Family Guy, you know, and then yeah. you find out who the writers are and you find out that, you know, one of the guys behind that, you know, immensely important thing in our in our when you ask what do we grow up on what I grow up on it's, it's Family Guy. And when we found out that you were a stoolie and then and like a real one, like you, you really know all the all the stuff. Uh, it was a, it's a big moment for almost everybody here when they were like one of the Family Guy writers thinks that I'm funny. It's <laughs> I've heard that story a million times, dude. So it was it's uh, it was very important for myself as well as a lot of I speak for a lot of people here. So thank you for all the support over the years. Wow, Aww. God, I wish all interviews ended like that. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, give, give him a taste then if he's so important. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little taste. Uh, no, come that's on right. over to Barstool Comedy. We'll have a talk. Oh song. God, yeah. Well, as you as GM, I have more confidence in it. Um, <laughs> Kevin, thanks so much for being here. Thank today. you, thank you, Thanks, guys. Nice to meet you. All Loved right. it. Have a good time. Yeah. Have a good one. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Oh God, KFC. <laughs> so fun talking with him. Thank you, KFC, yeah, for great. gracing us <laughs> here and uh, continued success at Barstool. Uh, but now we are going to get into a portion of the show we like to call Top Five. Top Five. Oh, we're beautiful. Uh, Goldie, this was your category. Tell us what we're top five and about. Yeah, so these were the top five songs by a band, singer, artist, musician that you otherwise dislike, hate their <laughs> other material. Correct. What a great... You think that they have one good song and otherwise they're bad. There you go. Uh, okay. Uh, number five by the group The Ferricide, the song Oh Shit. <laughs> I don't know that one. Oh, the Far Side? Yeah. So, oh yeah. Shit. You remember that? Yeah, it was a, yeah. kind of a 90s <laughs> anthem, party anthem. Mine are all 90s too. I don't remember that one. I, I loved that song. I bought the album. The rest was garbage. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> uh, number four, House of Pain, Jump Around. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. That's a good yeah. one. Oh. The rest of their catalog is just painful. <laughs> but then um, so, Solo, right? The guy had that one good song. Even worse. No, his solo stuff stinks, dude. Awful. <laughs> He's like, he like has that character of a blues man, which I always hate. <laughs> I really don't like anyone except, you know, like B.B. King marketing right. themselves as a blues man. Or, it's just uh, awful. Or Buddy Guy. The, guy. the guy, if you forget his name, you're probably going to get it right. <laughs> what's up bud <laughs> hey guy uh number three i know you're not gonna like this bon jovi living on a prayer the Woo! rest stinks oh wow. god that's crazy. well i agree with you about living on a prayer being a great song because it is but i disagree i think they they have half a dozen really good songs no uh <laughs> number Disre- two disrespectfully disagree <laughs> number two the Backstreet Boys, I Want It That Way. Oh. We have overlap. Wow. Amazing song. Yep. Everything else, <laughs> god awful. Yep. And number one, this is going to be kind of a deep cut. I don't think anyone's going to agree with it, although you may dislike the band. But The Doors have one good song. That song is Peace Frog. I love that Everything song. else sucks i could not god i disrespectfully disagree with that i love the doors i realize that they are kind of you know mocked in some way in and out of the music community but i i love the doors so i think they have 15 how does that how does peace frog go what's that 
The band was named after the singer, and the singer was A.D., and his name was Alex C. Dust, but that wasn't his real name, but we were named after him. So the band was called... I always kind of like, why are we named after you? The band was called A.D.? Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. That's that's not not that bad. Yeah. It's not that bad. It's not that bad, but it's also not that good. Right. Someday I'll try to dig up. We had one original track. Oh my and I will, god! I will see what? if I can get it for my friend, and we can play it. Oh, oh god, my god! Be great. Are that you would singing be on it? Please. No, but I'm Back playing guitar, and I and I think I wrote it. Oh my god, Goldie! Oh, yes. yes, please. Let's start. Let's start monetizing. All right, I'll see if I can song. get it. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> Love that. All right, and I loved this category: good song, bad band. Yes. Number five for me was a song called How You Remind Me by Nickelback. Oh, uh, that's a good one the, because the, I yes, don't like yeah. that band. <laughs> this is that's how a good song. you remind me. I like it. Uh, <laughs> and number four for me is a song called Walking on the Sun by Smash Mouth. Oh. <laughs> I think Smash Mouth, I think, is garbage. I, yeah, I don't same. like their big hit All Star, but Walking on the Sun, I thought was kind of cool. Okay. Uh, number three, Goldie nailed it. I Want It That Way by the Backstreet Boys. Okay. Terrible, terrible band. Really great song. And that one of those first viral YouTube videos where those Chinese uh, kids were lip syncing <laughs> I Want It That Way. It became yes. like a huge sensation. It was amazing. Yes. Um, number two, mine are like all from the 90s. Number two is a song called Long December by the Counting Crows. Uh, oh. I love that song. <laughs> me too. And I hate that band. Like I yeah. look at them and they make me. Uh, I, Mr. Jones is okay. <laughs> no. But I, I, there's this, there was this genre of song that was kind of, that was talking about a guy and the worst version is Mr. Wendell which oh, is a song that. that I found appalling which is like is that I remember that. Yo, you think this homeless guy oh, is no. a bum, but I think he's a genius. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? I remember Mr. Wendell that was college that Mr. One. Wendell. Yeah. And number 1 Ooh. Oh, is a song called Hold my hand by Hootie and the Blowfish. <laughs> That's a good call on the band. Oh, didn't like. I know our our good friend Scott Holroyd, who made us an awesome uh, collection yes. of our top five lists. Thank you for that, Scott. It was really funny, complete with the uh, I believe Harvey Weinstein's arm around Goldie saying we did it, which I love. That was funny. That was great. Um, I, I will say yeah. I already feel like we blew it. Maybe JC has it with uh, no Dave Matthews band crash into me. Oh, yeah, well, it's okay. funny because I isn't he's not on my list, but I did say here's a band that I hate, but I don't like any of the songs. But I just wanted to finish that thought that Scott Holroyd loves Hootie and the Blowfish because oh, he's from South Carolina, and they are too. So I apologize, Scott, but they stink. They stink. All right, um, go ahead, JC. Okay. 
My number five is a song called Blow, Blow by Kesha. Hate oh. the artist, but okay. I found this song. I work out to it. It's one like great production, Dr. Luke, even though he's been awesome. canceled. So um, number, yes. My, my, when my younger kid was about three or four, she liked this song by Kesha called TikTok. And she would always say when we were driving or going anywhere, she would say, can you play TikTok by Ketchup? <laughs> oh my, wait that's I, so cute i love that adorable also i mean you know lover or hater kesha is the best artist who sounds like a sneeze <laughs> bless you <laughs> uh number four ignition by r kelly Oh, it's like, it's yeah, the freaking weekend, baby, I'm about to have me some fun. You know, that one. Um, I haven't caught it. This one is maybe controversial for maybe a lot of people. Single Ladies by Beyonce. Oh, well, I, I, I like confess, that. I, I like that because I, I really only like that song. Same. I don't. I only know that yeah, one. I don't like her music. Lady Marmalade, that's good. Uh, right, but did she? But that's an old song, right? Isn't it? Okay. Anyway. Guy Marmalade. <laughs> Is there a guy Marmalade? <laughs> that's great. Okay, number two. I used to love this band. I saw them live once and thought the singer is so pretentious and never listen to them again. Ooh. The song is "Yellow" by Coldplay. Uh, oh yeah, oh, I was, I was considering Coldplay, but I do like a couple of their songs. I like "Fix You" as well. But, I don't know yeah. it, but I, yeah. And then I guess this one may also be controversial, but "Landslide." My number no. one, yes, is "Landslide" oh, oh. by Stevie Nicks. No, it's Fleetwood Great Mac. Case. Is it Fleetwood Mac by yeah. Fleetwood Mac? <laughs> so Fleetwood Mac only has one song. I don't like them uh, at all. Okay. Yeah, and I don't. That's I like that. <laughs> I mean, I like it because it's stirring up debate, but it makes me very angry. You don't listen to. You don't listen. You don't like Tusk. You don't I like mean, the I, chain. No, I uh, don't. I don't yeah. like the chain. Oh, yes, Jay Z could talk me into it. <laughs> oh no, she already has. Yes. You love no Fleetwood Mac has. Uh, never mind. I respect everyone's opinions on here. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Uh, so what do we got next week? Um, okay. Next week's top five is top five words or phrases from the 80s. Oh, boy. We're going to get canceled. What? <laughs> <laughs> Let's try not to. Okay. There's acceptable words. From the... <laughs> wait. Wait. What's an example of a, one that would get us canceled? I can't say it. Why not? I'll bleep it I, out. Okay. Retarded. Uh, oh. Yeah, I get. I mean, can, can we get, can we get canceled for that? I don't I don't know. Retarded. I mean, yeah, you're right. You have to say the R maybe word. Maybe we specify that it's like that's right. from then. Yes. Not now. Okay. Retarded. Retarded. All right, let's what a great segue into our high note. Oh, wow. Tom and Max, thank so you. So lovely. Tom, I'm still laughing at Morty from a couple weeks ago. <laughs> yes. Um, hey, just to make this episode seem thematic, my high note has to do with shitting. Oh, wow. So uh, <laughs> I started using this dietary supplement called Golden Boost. I want to be their pitch man. What's in Golden it? Golden Boost. Whoa. <laughs> uh, because I, of course, my phone listens to me. Here's how much I'm either shitting or talking about shitting. Yes. So it's always sending me these weird like things. 
And it uh, turns out, guys, shouldn't so it be many... called brown boost? I know. I know. It should be. It should be. It has been. It's been quite a brown boost. But uh, reading all this stuff about uh, don't psyllium husk is like solving a traffic jam with a traffic jam. Yeah. And uh, that this golden boost stuff, it's it's cinnamon, it's turmeric. Don't Ew. say it wrong. I say it and wrong. And it's black okay. pepper. They're all awful. anti-inflammatory, so I don't feel bloated and oh. I'm shitting like crazy. I'm oh, good for it. you. <laughs> okay. Uh, Goldie, do you want to go next or do you, do you want to go last? Uh, I can go. Uh, yeah, I just want to. I just want to give it up for this part of the country, Colorado. Boy, what a beautiful, beautiful state. Yeah. You know, yes. I'm I'm really enjoying my time here. I'm not nice. going to move here. Don't worry. I don't Good. like it that much. I wasn't worried. <laughs> um, okay, so my high note. Um, I'm going to go with besides Scott Holroyd's top five compilation that was incredible and Great. the fact that Wimbledon started and Andy Murray won the first round mm. I'm going to go with um, I don't know if you guys know but you can leave comments if you listen to the podcast on Spotify you can leave comments per episode and somebody left a comment saying and this may not sound like a high note but she left a com- I'm assuming it's a woman sorry but le- left a comment saying like it just seems like JC's there to laugh you know, like like she was almost insulted that all I do is laugh on the on the podcast. But please don't stop. Yeah, <laughs> I would like to say, you know, I appreciate. I felt I felt like it was sort of a way of a negative way to show support. But what people don't know is that this podcast doesn't get made without the three of us. But in particular, I don't know if she realizes that I do everything <laughs> on this podcast. Yeah. After the fact and before the fact. So yeah, fucking a. If I do everything. Behind the scenes, you guys, it's your time to shine when we're recording. So I think, uh, I think we all have equal roles here, and I'm very proud of what we do here. So, oh, yeah, right, JC. Wow, I god, a therapist has a lot to untangle with you, but I love that, <laughs> that thought. <laughs> I love that. And sc- you know what? Screw whoever wrote that. Your, your laugh is fantastic well, and it you. sustains us literally. <laughs> So, it's the music of the whole thing. Yes. Oh wow! Exactly. Thanks, guys. Exactly. We're just without that, we're just two guys talking about shitting. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I know we did that a lot this week. We apologize. All right. Well, so that was awesome. KFC was great. Yes. And next week we're going to be talking to Nick Kroll. So we're excited. So thank you all for listening. Thank you two for being awesome. And thank we will you. talk to you again next week. We're not doing anything next week. That was fun. And it stops right now.